0: So as we are in a week, series talking about money. Uh, Monday, let you know, if you've moved into Perth since Tuesday, let you know you missed out on a public holiday. Monday, we enjoyed an exclusive public holiday. And I started Monday's public holiday in our, uh, the backyard of our new old house, doing some yard work. And uh, when I finished my yard work, I came back inside and my wife Louisa was sitting on uh, her couch and uh, she had the remote controls. Yeah, I know. And, uh, And I'm like, how did that slip past me? But anyway, and she said, oh, I, last night, I found this show, this show, it's called Queen of the South. And oh my gosh, I can't stop watching it. And it's a new series that had just dropped on Netflix. And she was watching uh, Binge Racing is what they call it these days. Uh, so you can get to the end of the fastest on a global scale. And she was actually doing pretty well. Um, she'd watched a couple of episodes and uh, so you know, and in, in, in the kind of without giving any spoilers or the whole plot, you can figure it out if it's your if it's your speed. But uh, it was a, in the kind of Mexican drug cartel kind of space, and uh, you know, I thought to myself, hey, I've watched Narcos, I've watched El Chapo, I've watched drug lords, I've kind of you know, got into that type of thing. So I'll sit on my couch and I'll tune in and watch, uh, with my wife, watch this series, Queen of the South. Um, After about the first episode, uh, I discovered that whilst it had a a theme around this whole kind of drug thing, you know, whatever, whatever, there was a lot of relational stuff in there and a lot of relational drama in there. And uh, I don't need television to add to the relational drama that already exists in my world. In fact, I just tune that stuff out. Uh, so I'm like, Ugh. I didn't say anything though. I didn't say anything. Uh, Louis still had the remote control and, uh, and, I, and I stayed on my couch. Um, and after a couple of episodes, she said, oh, do you wanna watch something you wanna watch? Husbands, husbands, listen to me very, very carefully. Listen to me very, very carefully. Listen to me. Husbands, listen to me. I love you, so what I'm about to say, you need to listen to me. One of the most important lessons you can learn as a husband is that a marriage relationship is like a bank account. And if you've been constantly withdrawing by holding the remote control and only watching television programs you like to watch and there's none of your wife's fingerprints on that remote control, then you need to, and because you, you'll be overdrawn at this point, you need to when she says, honey, do you wanna watch something that you wanna watch? The answer is no, sweetheart. You can keep watching as long as you want, which to my credit, is what I did. And so we watched six, maybe seven more episodes (laughs) until it was time for dinner. Because in life, there are some things that you should do even if you don't wanna do them because they are the wise thing for you to do. Letting your wife occasionally Commandia, the remote control, which by the way, the uh, word for remote control in Italian is telecomando, meaning like, I'm just terrified right there. She's gonna go commando on me, which means something else in Italian than it does here. Anyway, another thing that you may not be necessarily so uh, inclined to wanna do out of your own personal feelings is to draw up a financial plan and to stick to a financial plan. But let me put it to you that drawing up a sound financial plan and sticking to a sound financial plan, whether you like it or not, whether you want to do it or not, is something you ought to do because it's the wise thing for you to do. In this series, we're talking about economy, maximizing your personal economy. And here's the big idea. I don't know if you know this, but God has a lot to say about the area of finances. And his big idea is that he owns everything. He owns the money, he owns the land, he owns the cattle, he owns everything. And he, as the source of everything, blesses us and entrusts us with some of it. It'll likely come to you in the form of a paycheck, a wage, maybe some uh, income streams from a business venture or some investments, but we're not the owners. God's still the owner at that point, however, when it comes into our orbit, we become the managers. And God asks us to manage what still belongs to Him. the good news is that He gives us a lot of instruction on how we should manage what belongs to Him. He doesn't actually require us to rely on our own smarts our own limited understanding or even our own limited experience or even our own bad experience, he actually puts some principles in place for us to learn and to follow. And what I've discovered and what Louie and I have discovered is when we manage what he's entrusted to us in the realm of finances, stress goes down, relational tension goes down, joy goes up, peace goes up, and I think maybe more, most importantly, purpose goes up because we get greater clarity on what God wants us to do with the finances that He's entrusted to us. And so we said that our promise around this series for economy is to make money fun again. So if you don't believe me, I'm on the record. Make money fun again. Last week, we launched this series. series week one talking about wisdom. And if you weren't here, or if you're joining us for the first time today, I cannot encourage you enough. I'd almost wanna insist that you go back, listen to our podcast from last week, because actually last week we laid the foundation. So if you're, those of you here joining us for the first time today, you're actually, today we're gonna put the next course of bricks, the first course of bricks on the house of your personal economy, but it requires a foundation. And last week, Was the foundation? We talked about wisdom. And you go back, listen to that and learn something. Today, I actually wanna talk about freedom, maximizing your personal freedom in the area of finances. And the big idea is that we can maximize our freedom by minimizing our debt. Now, when you hear this word debt, understand there are some aspects of debt that we would call good debt. You you may borrow to buy a house. Typically, that would be considered good debt. Now, it still comes with a caveat. Don't borrow the maximum that the bank will lend you. Okay, that's wisdom from Mark for you today. Because if you do, and the interest rates go up, you won't be able to afford the repayments at that very moment. If you do, and your earnings go down for whatever personal circumstances, should that happen, you won't be able to afford the repayments. So, Good debt can include borrowing to purchase a home, but there's wisdom that we need to exercise even in that, that we don't actually borrow the maximum that the banks will lend us. Another form of good debt might be to start or to purchase or expand a business. Another form of good debt might be borrowing to invest. And last week I talked about the difference between speculating and investing. Shared a story of a friend of mine who downloaded an app around uh, investing. He told me in cryptocurrencies and he invested $700 on Monday and his $700 had, $700 had magically disappeared by Friday. And I said, buddy, that's not investing. That's speculating. That's gambling. There's a difference and you're an idiot. So there's there's good debt, but even then there's some caveats. But I wanna talk about maximizing your freedom by minimizing your bad debt. And bad debt can take a few different forms. One form of bad debt is borrowing to buy a car. Borrowing to buy a car would typically see you taking out a personal loan. Here's what that could look like. Let me just run some numbers, you ready? Let's suppose you borrowed $20,000 to buy a car, $20,000 car, you borrowed $20,000. Typically a personal loan, you, might, you probably pay that over, out over five years. At the end of five years, you will have paid out, having taken out a $20,000 personal loan, about $27,000. So your car no longer cost you $20,000, it actually costs you $27,000, capish? But after five years, your $20,000 car will be worth $13,000. So, you've now paid $27,000 for a car that's only worth $13,000, less than half of what you paid for it. Borrowing to buy a car is bad debt. Here's another form of bad debt borrowing to buy new household furniture and appliances. When I was young, a thousand years ago, this was referred to as higher. Purchase, somehow that's been masked now, but it's still the same concept, higher purchase, and I'm not gonna throw any particular company under the bus by name, but I went onto one of the websites of a company that you would have heard of, and, and I've taken a slice of their homepage, and this is it. Rent, try, $1 buy, asterisk, there's a warning sign. Make it yours, another asterisk, another warning sign. Furniture, TV, but here's the thing. Look at that thing in the middle. You need that in your life. You need that in your life. Man, that is a fully sick home entertainment system. And you need, you can't afford it, but because you need it, we're here to help you. Higher purchase, bad debt. Here's another one, payday loans. Just nimble it and move on. Yeah, really? Let me tell you how it really looks. Just nimble it and repay us the full amount that you borrowed plus 48% per annum interest rate. So think about this. You can't afford it in the first place. So you borrow a lump sum that you have to pay back, but you couldn't afford that money in the first place. So what in the world are you gonna use to pay it back? But, but, but not only that, You didn't didn't have the money in the first place. Now you 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 not only have to pay it back and you have to pay it back, by the way, in a very short period of time, you have to pay back plus another half again. You know the sort of people that can afford this is the ones that need it the least. And the ones that can afford it the least are the ones that these companies make a profit on. So payday loans, bad debt. And here's the one that we get gives the most attention and and I think it actually deserves the most attention because it's probably the most subtle and the most universal and it's not gonna surprise any of you. Credit card debt. Now, I am gonna throw a couple of companies under the bus. Visa, here's their slogan. Everywhere you wanna be, which I translate into the truth, everywhere you can't afford to be. You want a holiday, but you can't afford it? Visa will meet you there. Want some new item, but you can't afford it? Guess what? Visa's there for you, baby. Everywhere you wanna be. now everywhere you can't afford to be. Well, here's the other one, MasterCard. Here's their slogan. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Mark Pomery translates, there are some things you don't have the money to buy, but get them anyway. There's MasterCard. Credit cards are not cash, people. They're a loan. And you have to pay it back. And you have to pay it back with interest. And there's a little trick, a little sneaky little thing that a credit card company will tell you. A thing called minimum monthly repayments. And you say, oh, I could make the minimum monthly repayments. Yeah, you could, but here's what would happen if you did. Let's say you have a $2,500 balance, which isn't outrageous. Some of you have a higher outstanding balance than that. Some of you a bit less, but let's just be gentle here this morning because I love you. $2,500. And you're gonna be paying, well, actually probably more, but let's throw your bone here, 18% interest rate. If you pay the minimum monthly payments, it'll take you, of $10, it'll take you 404 payments, which is 34 years And you will have repaid to the very generous, very helpful credit card provider, $8,781. If you bumped your payment up from the minimum to $50, you would still be paying 94 payments. You'd still be taking eight years and you'd be paying just shy of double what you borrowed. And if you actually... Wanted to put that debt behind you. You could bump your repayment monthly up to $100. It'll take you 32 payments, three years, and only $3,163. Did everyone get all that? Yeah. If you want a reminder, when you open our Elevate app and you tap on the podcast, these slide decks that we use are actually there for you to shuffle through. Like, what was those numbers? I don't think they were as bad as as I remember. No, they were. Have a look, people. And these, these debts, particularly credit card, they're stealthy, because you say, well, I didn't borrow to, to, to get a private jet for a holiday in the Bahamas. Or, well, my, well, my husband and I, it's not like we hide out the penthouse at the Crown Casino to watch the Australia Day fireworks. No, no, you didn't, but here's what you did. Here's why you have a credit card debt that you can't knock off, because of the online sales that you love to buy and you love to show people around you, look how much I saved. No, you didn't say you spent. (laughs) Take out meals, buying things that are a level or two above what you can afford because you can't keep your ego in check. You're worried about what other people will think. Impulse buying, yeah? You know, believe me, go home, look through your kitchen, look through your garage. You've got stuff that you didn't use or you used once and you're never gonna use again because it seemed like such a good idea at the time. Or buying brand new furniture appliances, which aren't necessarily what your pay grade can afford instead of looking for quality used goods. Now, full disclosure, I'm not up here to judge you. I said last week that I, for many years of my life, was not great and managing finances. And so I found myself in debt and Louie and I together have been in debt and I'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. And I'm not here demonstrating perfection. I'm not here getting judgy with you. I'm passionate about this subject though. And the reason I'm passionate about this subject is, is we've grown in this area. We've gotten out of debt. And, and, and I wanna be able, I'm up here saying to you is, if that's you today, you're in debt, you can become financially free. Take it from us. We've been on that journey. Or if you're not in debt, God bless you. If you're not in debt, then I'm up here teaching what I'm teaching today to say to you, stay out of debt. And those of you who are parents, whether you're in debt or not in debt, I'm up here teaching you something that you can model and teach for your kids. Because if we get this stuff right, it will affect you, it will affect the next generations and and living financially free will give you the opportunity to have far more purpose with your finances than you can right now if you're in debt. So our Elevate app, I've already given it a shout out. If you've got that installed or if not, you can download it. You tap the Bible app, it's gonna take you to Proverbs chapter 22. Now we're teaching through this series exclusively from Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of collected ancient wisdom written by a guy named Solomon. Solomon became the king of Israel and was considered, to, to, was considered and is still considered to be the wisest person that ever lived. And, and, and apart from Jesus himself. And I figure if the wisest person that ever lived, by the way, he's also considered to be the richest person who's ever lived, uh, if they've got some things to talk about managing money, Godly principles, I want to read them. I want to hear from them. And so that's what we're teaching throughout this month of economy, exclusively from the ancient proverbs written by Solomon. And here's one, the clangor that he wrote about debt. It's very, very visual, it's very, very vivid, it's very, very confronting. You ready? So what he said? Just as true today as it was thousands of years ago when he wrote it, just as the rich rule over the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. In other translations of the Bible, that word servant is translated slave. Either way, whether you're a servant or you're a slave, the picture that Solomon's trying to get through to you is is at this point, you can't do what you wanna do. You can't just spend the way you wanna spend. Your money is no longer yours to have the freedom to do with it what you wanna do. You actually now work for somebody else. I can't stress this enough. If you're in debt, when you go to work, you are not going to work to earn money for yourself. You're going to work to earn money for somebody else that you owe money to. The borrower is servant To the lender. Now, you might not have to give them your whole paycheck, but you're giving some of them your paycheck. So you're 40 hours a week. The first eight of that, you're working for somebody else. Mondays, I work for Visa card. Tuesdays, I work for ANZ personal loan department. Wednesdays, I start to work for me and my family. I work part-time for me and my family, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I work Monday and Tuesday for people I owe money to. Do you get that? Do you understand? It's as, it's, as, it's as clear as that. Thank you. You're right. This is good stuff. Thank you. I ain't too proud to beg. So if that's is you this morning, again, I'm not here to judge you and I'm not here to, to, to leave you hanging. Here's a strategy. The stra- and I'm giving you the strategy that Louie and I employed to get out of debt and to get, Financially free, you ready? Now, we're not Donald Trump rich yet. It's not, that's not the point I'm trying to make here, but we don't have any debt right now, any bad debt right now, but we did. In fact, for many years of our relationship debt, credit card debt was the third wheel in our relationship and we couldn't get it to go away. You still here? Yes. And and we had a very dynamic relationship with that third wheel. Sometimes that third wheel would go up. Sometimes that third wheel would come down, but we could never shake it off until we did this. First thing, Get fed up with debt. We got to a point, and this was the turning point, before we even did anything about it, we got to a point where we said, enough is enough. We've got to get out of this hole that we've dug ourselves into. Get out of it once and for all. Not just peek our nose over the top. Man, the air smells so good up here. No, get out of it and then make a commitment to never get back into it. We had to get fed up with it. I know that's Jared's story. Jared has stood up here a couple of months ago, platform leading and said, he said, these are strong words, only use them when you mean them. I hate that I'm in debt, right? Quote, unquote, and, and, and by the way, the strategy that I'm about to show you is the very strategy that Jared and Rochelle have been using and continue to use to get themselves out of that hole. But he said these same things. I hate that we're in debt. I hate it, hate it. You said it, you said that word a lot of times. Hate it, hate it. I remember, I'm like, good, good. I'm glad you hate it. And, and, and I hope that's where those of you who are in debt, I hope you get to that place real soon, if not today. Get fed up with debt. You can have it as the third wheel, but why would you want to? You can go to work Mondays for Visa, Tuesdays for ANZ and start working for yourself Wednesday, but why would you want to do that? Get fed up with debt. We're getting out and we're staying out. And here's the actual practical approach that we took. And, and we got it from a guy named Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is a US financial uh, genius financial leader he's a jesus follower he bases his uh, financial uh, coaching strategies from biblical principles and uh, he's a kingdom minded guy and his ultimate goal is to see people to get financially free so they can have more purpose with their finances particularly investing into god's kingdom and the things that god wants them to do with the money he's entrusted to them and 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 if you go to daveramsey.com and i just need to let you know this if you go to dave Ram- Wait, sorry I hope those of you in debt will go to daveramsey.com. There's a lot of stuff on there. Let me point you to the stuff that's relevant for you as a starting point. Okay, so just there's other stuff on there. Don't get tripped up on that. He's got a section in there called baby steps, and that's for you, for those of you who are in debt. Baby steps. There are seven. Baby steps, and I wanna talk about only the first two today because the first two are the ones that are most relevant to those of you who are in debt and they were the ones that are, were most relevant to Louis and I as a starting place. I think Jared and Rochelle are, are up to step two. Uh, they, they can see step three around the corner, fast approaching, Reese and Jess, the same, doing the same, baby steps. Step number one, save 1000 $1,000. Before you even start attacking your debt, save $1,000. Keep making the minimum payments only and save $1,000. Because this is an emergency fund. This is when that unexpected event happens. You don't have to go further into debt to pay for it. And I understand if you're in debt, you might be sitting there cynically, actually cropping yourself out of this and and saying, your your inner voice is saying to you right now, I could never save $1,000. I could get in another $1,000 of debt, no problem. (laughs) Do that by 5 p.m. tomorrow if you give us a, save $1,000. Now you can save $1,000, you you can. If If that's your story that you're telling yourself right now, you couldn't, listen to me. Listen to me right now, listen closely. Yeah, you can. You can. And here's here's how you can. When you leave this place, go and review your spending habits. And there's certain things you'll discover that you'll need to stop. Cancel your Netflix subscription. Yeah, I said it, people. Cancel your Netflix subscription. Oh, but that's life to me. Come on. When you're out of debt, you can pick it up again. Book a space on your friend's couch who has Netflix and visit them regularly. Stop buying takeout meals and learn to cook. Yeah, you can save $1,000. Well, that sounds painful. All right, don't do it then. Keep going to work for somebody else. That sounds painful to me. Sounds stupid to me. Get on Gumtree. And by the way, get on Gumtree to sell, not to buy more crap. Do you understand? When we just moved, you move, you move houses, you discover there's some things that you, you no longer need in the new place. We had five sets of Ikea wire baskets, store, little sort of storage basket-y things that we needed at our previous house. We don't need in our current house because there's some built-in robes. Put them on Gumtree. Five sets of Ikea. Oh, but, but put them in the garage in case you need them one day. Oh my God, people, I sold them. 100 bucks cash, man. Yeah, do that. Go and find stuff that you don't use. If you haven't used it for six months, or I might even be gentle to you and say 12 months, sell it. Because if in magically six years time you need it again and you're out of debt, guess what? You can go buy one and it'll be brand new. Sell some stuff. And then another thing you can do is, is start a side hustle. Get a part-time job. Or in our on-demand economy, you don't even have to go and get a job. You can actually set yourselves up to be an on-demand provider. Airtasker is the one I've been telling a few of you guys about because Airtasker, people post stuff on there that's real, real straightforward for some of you and they'll pay you money to do it just this morning I went on, I've used Airtasker. I'm not the provider because I'm not good at many things, but I've booked people who are good at things to come and work for us and we just give them some money for the job. And uh, so this morning I went on to see what's being posted in Perth metro area this morning. Well, just today, uh, somebody wants help with listing five of their items to sell on eBay. And how many of you could do that? If you, if you, you know how to list an item on eBay, list, I know it's, you know how to buy one, how, how, how to <laughs> how to, yeah, guess what? You, you can go to their house, help them list five items for sale on eBay and they'll pay you a hundred bucks. You've already got 10% of your emergency fund for doing something that you think, that doesn't sound like work to me. Yeah. What sort of an idiot couldn't do that? Well, it doesn't matter. They're gonna give you a hundred bucks. That's what sort of an idiot would do that. Okay, that was one. Here's another one. Clean my van, 90 bucks. So you go and, Help someone list five items on eBay and then go clean schlep over and clean else's van. You're 20% of the way to your emergency fund. Well, oh, I could never save a thousand dollars. Yeah, 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 you can. Or this one: dig cooch grass from garden bed, 100 dollars. no. Uh, uh, yeah, that's not ours. But uh, stay tuned. <laughs> I do know how to work a shovel, Scotty Downey, and I do know where and I do know where you live. So, let's be very, very careful. Now, when you've done these sort of things, sell stuff on, on Gumtree, quit some of your spending patterns and go and maybe start a side hustle. You need two bank accounts. This is, this is a pro tip, I referenced this last week. You need two bank accounts and one of your bank accounts is your spending account and the other bank account is your savings account. You understand? If you think you can, if you're, if you're not good in financial world and you only have one bank account and you, you call that your savings account, please, Two bank accounts, it costs cost you anything to have them. They're just zero interest. Two bank. One's your savings account. So start funneling this extra money that you're magically discovering into your savings account and keep living out of your spending account. Then once you've got your emergency fund, this is Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Step two, pay off debt. All debt except your mortgage, if you have a mortgage. Now, traditional financial advice would suggest that when you've got several debts that you pay off the one with the highest interest rate first. And I've already put up the thing about just making minimum payments on credit card and how incredibly uh, problematic that is. Dave Ramsey doesn't suggest that you list your debts from the highest interest rate to the lowest. He suggests you list them from the lowest number, just back it up, Johnny, from the lowest number Waiting for the backup. Lowest number, because here's the thing. Your head didn't get you into this problem. Your heart did. And for you to stay on track, you probably need to give your heart a quick win. So putting the lowest balance item at the top of the list and attacking that first is gonna give your heart a win, give you a sense of accomplishment and start to build some momentum through this process. And so here we go. Here's an example of what that might look like. Let's say you've got... uh, mm, Fast forward, next one. Let's say this, and again, this is not, I'm not putting up, you know, this is just, this is not really an outrageous example. You've got a store card, you've got a credit card, you owe your parents some money, you've got a personal loan, and you've got some car payments. And then here's some typical interest rates. Thankfully, your parents are good to you, 0% interest. And then there's minimum payments associated with that. Listed by balance, lowest to highest, okay? So here's what Dave Ramsey suggests, what he calls his debt snowball. You've got your emergency fund in place and you keep up, by the way, when you've got your emergency fund in place, don't go out and reward yourself. <laughs> keep finding money. Keep finding money. And let's say you've managed to cobble together $200 a month that you, that you magically discovered that was coming into your world all along, but you're, you've now, you're, not, you're now allocating it to eliminating debt, not to all of the frivolities that you're used to it. So your $200 of found money Attack the lowest balance first. So the $50 that you you were already paying, because if you didn't, the the, the people with guns would come and find you, uh, and add your $200 to that. Now, when that debt is eliminated, because now you're paying $250 a month on that debt, when that debt is eliminated, take the money, all of that money, the $250, and add that to the $30, the next lowest balance, which you're now attacking that, $280 a month. And when that one's eliminated, while you're still paying the minimum on the others, take that total, $280, and add that to the minimum you're paying your parents at $200. Now you're paying your parents $480. And then take that when that's eliminated to add, you get this? Again, this is on our slide deck on our podcast. Dave Ramsey's got some examples of that. This is how we attacked our debt until we got to the bottom of the list and we finished that one off. And we said, wow, This feels good, this debt-free business. It feels like freedom. Guess what, people? It's because it is. It's freedom. Oh, sounds like hard work. Yeah. sounds like discipline. Uh Uh-huh, yep. sounds like I'm gonna have to say no to some stuff. Mm, Yeah, 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 sure. What do you want me to tell you? Oh, no. No, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Solomon's got something to say about that as well. Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Now here's one of the things that we did and I'm giving you this for free. Dave Ramsey has a, a radio program in the US. It's syndicated right across the US. He broadcasts out of Nashville. It's a daily radio program. It's, a, it's around this area of, of financial coaching. It's real people that he's talking with. It's a talkback show. He's a Christian guy and it's a finance show and yet it's the second most listened to radio show in the entire United States. The good news for you and me is it's available on a podcast for free every single day. And when we were getting out of debt, I would go for my running and my cycling training, listening to Dave Ramsey in my ear, because it motivated me. Because one of the things he does in every show is he actually has a couple or a household or an individual, whoever it is, to visit him in his studio in Nashville, someone who's just gotten out of debt. And he gets him to visit and he actually interviews them in his studio as part of the show every single day. Tell us your story. Tell us what you did and, and, and what you'll be exposed to is you'll be exposed to people who, who typically, in many cases, have more debt than you. <laughs> in some cases, earn less than you and yet have gotten themselves financially free. Now, he gets them to do at the end of the interview a debt-free screen. It's a little bit obnoxious, uh, but it's worth kind of enduring. Um, here's an example of a, of, of, a, of a family that got debt-free and yes, this will include an obnoxious, obnoxious debt-free scream in the lobby of the headquarters of
1: ramsey solutions seth and his wife patty is not she didn't make it she couldn't make it No, she's uh, not here she's got a sick one at home i hear uh, that she had to watch after so who's filling in for what's this young lady's name
2: this is lily and she is filling in for her
1: mama who is home with her brother
2: who is sick and her younger brother who's two and he
1: uh, just he didn't make the trip either but lots of lots of people there to take care of so we'll We'll uh, let Lily scream on behalf of Patty. So, how much debt have you guys paid off? We paid off a hundred and thirty-four thousand total in a little over three years. Way to go! All right, making what kind of money during that time? Um,
2: started at about seventy and ended up a little over eighty-five. And okay. So we we got a house sold. Ah. Uh, okay. That we had rented out, and um, we moved out of, rented out. We did all made all these decisions before we met you, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we um we've four, after four years we finally got, got the house gone and okay. uh, rented it out and had to pay rent and mortgage for a while but
1: gotcha so how got much it. of the hundred and thirty four thousand was the rental uh, ninety okay all right what was the rest of it
2: uh the rest of it was credit cards student loans um a car payment um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys were normal we were normal
1: we I mean were normal. you moved out of a rental bought a house mm-hmm. without having the other one sold mm-hmm. turned it into a rental by default. Probably, then you had so you had all the normal debt. Other than that, everything you bought, you we bought had, on debt. Yes, sir. And then you look up. So, what happened three years ago? What turned the corner for you? Well, I, I, tell me your story on this journey.
2: Well, we um, we moved out of that house uh, and three or in 2011. Then, for me to go to grad school, I started grad school, and then we look down after we are paying rent and paying a little bit of mortgage, and uh, we say this is not adding up each month. And somebody at church had been telling us to go to. Uh, to go to financial peace and so we did and we did that first budget and we were like we got to do something so i got a uh i got a part-time job working at a grocery store mm-hmm. and i was going to school um teaching during the day both my wife and I our teachers mm-hmm. and then uh either going to class or working at the store at night and i did that for two and a half years wow and uh we did not have much of a life for a while yeah and uh, i think we counted up the longest String of days I worked was 36 straight days of either school, teaching, or selling groceries. Wow. And, uh, it was a lot of work, and I didn't do all the work. My wife, who was taking care of, they were then five and three at the time, mm-hmm. um, she she did all the work. She was the...
1: Yeah, I think you've both been working your butts at, off is what it sounds like to me. My
2: 89-year-old granddad says she's... T- cheaper than, tougher than a cheap steak, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, you guys have held on and gritted your teeth and pushed your way all the way through this. Was it worth it?
2: Oh, definitely. We, um, had we not done financial peace, I don't know where we would have been. We, uh, about halfway through, we had to put in a $5,000 air conditioner in the house we owned. Oh. Um, and then we... Get a call, or not a call, but Patty goes to the doctor one day, comes home, and guess what? Kids, you're going to be parents again for the third time. <laughs> and uh, we paid for the air conditioner, cash. We paid for the baby, cash. I love we it. We were all, we were prepared. Everything was yeah. everything was good.
1: And you got all this debt paid off and got the rental sold all in three years.
2: And we did. And now we have our three, our six-month emergency fund already built up.
1: Wow. And so wow. we are moving on to step four now. You, you, you probably will never see the inside of a grocery store the same. No,
2: <laughs> and it's fun. I enjoyed it. I I'm thankful for my time there, and I'm glad that uh, that God put me somewhere where I could provide for my family and and make ends meet, and uh, it
1: it all worked out. So. Very cool. But you don't have to go there now, except to buy groceries. Except to buy groceries. <laughs> I missed
2: miss my ten percent discount. We don't get that anymore. Oh,
1: but, uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been great. That's okay. fun. Well, congratulations! So, what do you tell people—the key to getting out of debt—for you and Patty, or when you paid off one hundred and thirty-four thousand in three years?
2: Um, I would have to say, don't be afraid to sacrifice, and that's that's what we had to do, and and be content with where you are. We rented the first place we rented once we moved uh, was very small, and we had two kids and a small in a small bedroom and we were in the bed. It was a two bedroom, one bath. Mm -hmm. And then we, we've upgraded since then to an extra bedroom Mm -hmm. since we've had the third, but don't be afraid to sacrifice and learn to be content. I was thinking about this on the, on the drive over. And, uh, I used to coach football and one of the things we used to, we'd have Bible studies with the players. And one of the things we used to tell them was, uh, read the book of Philippians. Paul wrote the book of Philippians from a jail cell. And he talks about rejoicing and being joyful and being content in everything. And, uh, and it took me a while to learn that, but I think learning that and learning how to be content with what you have and living simply is uh, is a great thing.
1: Well, the, the peace that passes understanding, mm. four seven. Yes, yeah. sir. Very cool. I love it. Well, congratulations, sir. Very well done. And uh, long trip. Where where did you drive from? Greenville. So about five hours. Okay. Wasn't so you and Lily had some daddy daughter time. We did.
2: We did. And, we watched and, uh, Sound of Music and Mary Poppins. So we'll watch them again on the way back. I'm sure. <laughs> so. uh,
1: that's how we used to measure trips when ours were that age. How, how many how many little mermaids does it take us to get that's there? Exactly yeah. right. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> that's it. Oh wow. Well, congratulations, guys. Very well done. Our uh, salute goes out to Patty. Home with the sick babies and watching everybody as she does as we do this. But uh, So, Seth, Patty, and Lily. Lily filling in for Patty. Going to do a debt-free scream. $134,000 paid off in three years, making $70,000 to $85,000 a year. Count it down. All right. Let's do a debt-free scream. Ready? Three. Two, one, we're (laughs) debt-free! Well done, sir. Very, very, very well done.
0: So if you take advantage of that podcast, it'll just give you additional motivation as it did for us, additional perspective as it did for us. And uh, you'll get to do your own version of a debt-free scream hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, final thing on this for today. Um, one of the temptations for those of you in debt when you're trying to get out of debt is to actually stop giving and uh, because uh, you wanna get out of debt quicker. Well, neither Mark Pomeroy, nor Dave Ramsey, nor Solomon, nor Jesus recommend that you stop giving in your journey of getting debt free. In fact, Solomon said it this way, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be given to you. For us, giving God the first and the best never shifted from the top of our list, even when we had the most debt. And in fact, when you give to God, He actually promises that He'll get involved in your financial world. I can't always promise how and when and what that looks like, but he, he, he will get involved. And I, and we would never have wanted to manage and try to get out of debt just in our own strength, and our own smarts, particularly knowing we've got access to God's wisdom and God's power and God's joy and God's peace and God's purpose and God's promises. And so please, can I encourage you, do not put giving on the back burner while you're trying to, Get debt free, continue to be generous because what you will discover is that God's actual goal for you to get debt free isn't that you'll have more to live on, but that you'll experience more to live for. And that's a big difference right there. So, right now, I want you to get ready to give. Real practical, is this stuff making sense? Well, let's find out. Let's actually put it into practice. This isn't just meant to be theory. There's no exam. This is the test right here. Let's actually take a next step, a practical step. There's a few ways to give. There's an envelope next to you. In it is a a little slip. And really the use of this is two things. There's a credit card details. If you wanna give via credit card or debit card, but you will pay it off within the month, then that might be an option for you. Better still in that is our bank account details. The majority of our people give via direct deposit. They set it up, set and forget on their banking app or their banking uh, website. If not, if that's not your speed, you can use our app giving via credit or debit card, which is more secure than writing your credit card details down for uh, somebody to see, or you can give cash, uh, which the buckets are gonna go past right now. And as you do that, Little reminder of what's coming up in three weeks.